from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? It's the Wednesday edition, the pre-draft edition of the Black and Blue Report. I hope this finds you well. And greetings from Studio B here at 5800 Airline Drive with John DeShazer. I'm Sean Kelly. And welcome in to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. We are heavy NFL today, and we are down to one guest, one big guest today, and that is Saints head coach Sean Payton, who makes his first visit here to Studio B. Uh, we've had him on the show in a number of different forms over the uh, over the past 10 months, but certainly uh, a first for us to have him sit in our in our little broadcast cave here, uh, John. So good, we'll go have a good visit with uh, Coach Payton today. Otherwise, it's a busy day. Can you feel it around the building? I mean, it's there's kind of a buzz around here. Well, I mean, it's NFL draft time, so yeah. you know you get it. You get a chance for everybody to start. You know, all the conjecture, all the mocks, emphasis on mock, uh, with people <laughs> making eighty billion different picks and, and throwing everything against the wall, and you know the guy can say, "Hey, I had it picked right." Well, yeah, because you pick fifteen guys in that spot. So, but yeah, this is the most you know one of the most exciting times in the NFL is always draft. The uh, the press conference this morning with Mickey Loomis. Uh, what were your takeaways from that? It was the is kind of his man. I should say this. It's his mandatory pre-draft visit with the media. So as yeah. he said at the start, I don't like doing these things, but let's just get started. It's the mandatory say as little as I possibly can <laughs> uh, news conference. So I mean, but you know, it was you know he's pretty uh, entertaining during it. But I mean, you know, you can't you know give away any information. I, I was. Uh, you know, I think one of the interesting things he said was basically you start with 3,000 names and you try to whittle it down to 120 to 130, and then you want to get it down to the 20 or 30 guys that you feel like will fit on your team. And uh, and you get the feeling from what he said in the news conference also, though, that he has a pretty good idea of which guys are going to be available for the Saints to pick at their spots, mm-hmm. which, you know, is amazing the amount of homework and background work and, and, and theorizing you have to do to come down with your pool for your picks in the sixth and seventh round, say. So, you know, it gives you a good idea of how much homework these guys actually put into this. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, and plenty of media here to listen to Mr. Loomis. And then uh, here in Studio B today, again, an exclusive visit coming up here in just a moment with Saints head coach Sean Payton. Along the lines of the draft, before we get to our break, and then, Coach, uh, let me uh, mention again what we first started talking about yesterday, and that's – J.D., you and I will be uh, discussing all things uh, black and gold and how it relates to the NFL draft throughout the first round uh, tomorrow night on NewOrleansSaints.com. Um, and while uh, you're not going to get the in-depth analysis on the sixth tight end on the board, what you will get, of course, is you'll get the perspective here from Airline Drive just down the hall from the Saints' war room. And we should have plenty of footage and, and, and things to say about the guys who are picked. So you're saying less Mel Kiper and more Mel Tillis? <laughs> oh boy, I dug one up right there. I didn't see that one <laughs> Certainly, though, you're going to hear from a lot of uh, folks involved with Mickey Loomis and his staff tomorrow night uh, at NewOrleansSaints.com. So, 
we'll hope that folks join us for that. Yeah, we'll have a good time doing yes, that. Yes, we, we will have a good time. Uh, That's share some fun and some jokes, and we'll, we'll um, talk about some draft picks. All right. Uh, as I mentioned earlier on Twitter today, that I would share some of your tweets as to whom you'd like the Saints to pick at number 27. I'll share with those with you before we get out of here on this Wednesday. But up next, here in Studio B, Saints head coach, Sean Payton. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. There's no better time to join your Pelicans as we take flight. All-star Anthony Davis is taking his team to the next level, and the Pelicans are soaring to new heights. 2014-15 season tickets are on sale now and start at less than $300, with lower bowl options as low as $37 per game. Season ticket benefits include the best seat locations, discounts on concessions, and much more. Take flight with the Pelicans. For more info, call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. Well, Sean Payton's been on the Black and Blue Report before in a lot of other forms, whether it's he's speaking after practice or before a game with John and whatnot. But for the first time, head coach Sean Payton joins us in what we call Studio B. Coach, good to see you. It's good to see you guys. And uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Just down the hall. It is a good (laughs) setup. Yeah, no, it's comfortable. It's good. Um, we, uh, we talked to Mickey Loomis last night, and, and he had talked about where things had gone throughout the offseason, and here we are on the brink of the draft. And I want to make sure I get the wording right, and correct me if I've got it wrong. He mentioned a term, points of action, I guess it was. He said there was something like 19 points of action or points of something going into the offseason that you all hope to accomplish either through free agency and then supplementally with the, with the draft or, and whatnot. He seemed to be very pleased with how it went, and I'm curious to see what your take is on all that. Well, yeah, and it's a process that really begins right when the season ends. And the, and, the, and the first important part of it is evaluating and grading your own team. You know, And so soon after the season ends, we're in meetings for well, pretty much at least a, a good part of a week, maybe a week and a half, gra- taking our grades, looking at our players, and then categorizing them and and then moving forward with uh, with those grades, you begin to formulate, if you will, a checklist. And uh, some of that might be uh, things you can take care of in free agency. Some of that might be things that are going to be draft-related. Um, oftentimes, some of it revolves around decisions within your own team. So to be to be at this point and and have been able to sign a few key players. And when I say that, you know, obviously 
the additions uh, of a guy like Jarris Bird and then you know being able to re-sign Zach Streif, being able to re-sign Pierre Thomas and and I could go on and on but it's it's a process that begins right after you grade your team and actually will take itself all the way through this this draft this upcoming weekend uh, of course Saturday the draft ends and Saturday night we're signing free agents and the roster begins to take shape at, at its 80 number and then uh, generally uh, there's there's less activity at that point there'll be you'll see some some team signs some veteran free agents based on how the draft goes if they weren't able to maybe acquire a player at a certain position they they know that they uh They've got X, Y, Z, for instance, is a is a fallback option. So, um, you know, we're kind of past the midway point. This is obviously anytime you get to the draft is a real exciting time for for every organization because it's really the lifeblood of your team. Kid, go ahead, John. How important to the draft process is it to be successful in free agency? Because you know you're able to cover needs, I guess, in free agency with veteran guys as opposed to having to maybe you know, reach a little deeper than you might want to in the draft. Now you have a guy to fill that position. Yeah, I, I think in a perfect world, and, and certainly in our business, we don't live in one, but um, you'd like to always be in a position to, to take uh, who you feel the best player is. Um, with the economics and the way teams are broken down now, uh, you, you know, part of need, the, the, that fits in there. It has to, and then it's just a matter of uh, the gap. You know, and so if, if there's a clump of players in the third round that we have graded very uh, close, um, you know, a deciding factor might be, hey, this is a need position for us based on our current depth chart. Um, that's where free agency can help you. And I think the mistake sometimes in free agency is the idea that, hey, we're going to just sign a free safety as opposed to targeting someone you really – feel like uh, fits and then understanding that if you're not able to acquire the player then you, you're not able to and, and you move on but you don't you don't look to just sign anyone at that position and we've tried to do that and uh, we've been fortunate we've hit we've hit on some some key players in free agency going back to or starting with Drew Brees um, but Keenan Lewis a year ago and and so you know finding the fit for your club, I think is important, and then that certainly gives you a little bit more freedom on draft draft day. Coach, everybody wants to kind of put this into two categories. You, either a team has needs that they need to meet in the draft, or you hear, well, we're going to take the best player available. Is it as simple as those two things, or are those kind of cliche, and is there more to what you were just speaking of? I well, guess? it's never just that simple. I, I think they're probably around the league, uh, some organizations leaning more towards – um, one of those philosophies than maybe others. Uh, but I, I do think this, I think in this pr process, you really want to be mindful of, of the consensus grades and the conviction you have. And I, I think one of the things that, that we're trying to do every year is reduce the list on the draft board and really identify who we feel would be you know, great fits based on their skill set, based on all the other things that we value. And, and then, you know, we work our way through some of, some of the, the need-based or value-based discussions. Um, but you'd love to be in a position to select the highest graded player that, 
everyone in the room is uh, has a good idea of who he is. Uh, and it's not until, oh, the second day or third day, uh, those challenges increase a little bit and you have to have uh, a good vision for what you're looking for in the later rounds. And I, and I think every year really, the, and, I, and I've said this before, the, uh, the great measure of a draft is, you know, all the picks. And, and when you're able to have a guy like Streif and Marcus Colston, Rob Ninkovich uh, playing with another team, um, you know, those players still playing in the league in year nine, uh, those are those are good selections considering two of them were seventh round picks another one was a fifth round pick Jari Evans in the fourth um, so a good draft and, and we have an opportunity this year with the the, the picks that we have uh, to to make some good decisions and, and good selections and it's it's the foundation of what we're doing everybody wants to talk about where Johnny Manziel could go or this class of quarterbacks and how it seems to be a little up in the air Working under the assumption, Coach, that you are not looking to fill a quarterback need in the first round, do you almost kind of hope there's a run on quarterbacks earlier in the round so that other players that may best fit your board are then available as a result? Do you kind of it's kind of the reality show part of it, but yeah, you kind of wish for that? I think well, yeah, I mean when when you go through projections and you try to uh, go through scenarios at who might be there twenty seven, um, you know, you certainly benefit uh, if there's players that that maybe you don't have graded as high that get drafted ahead of you. It pushes uh, maybe a player that you value, uh, pushes him further back. Um, you know, so there there are a few positions that get taken earlier than most. Quarterbacks are one of them. Uh, you see DBs, corners specifically, pass rushers, and left tackles. I mean, those those are those are positions that are hard to find in free agency. And so those are, and if you do, they're expensive. So those are those are positions typically that get drafted a little bit earlier, a little bit higher than uh, some other spots. Okay, now which is more exciting to you, hitting on the first round pick or hitting on an undrafted rookie? Hmm. Well, I I think this. I, I mean, look, you 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 want to. You want to hit with your first round pick. There's so much attention given to it. Um, it. It was, and it has been paramount with the amount of money you had to pay that player. That's mm -hmm. changed a little bit in, in today's game. Um, I think. I think finding the right guy, and and you get to that rookie camp, and you get a chance to see them move around. Uh, you know that the undrafted free agent sometimes doesn't define himself right away. The challenge we have now is really it's hard for any of these players to define themselves until we get into pads. Mm -hmm. And so because of the off-season changes, that, you know, that information is uh, sometimes a little later than earlier. You know, with Kyrie, for instance, a year ago, you know, there was talk and we debated whether he was going to be part of our 80 going to training camp. Right. And fortunately, you know, we, uh, we brought him to training camp and – once the pads came on, he was a much different player than what we expected, to his credit. So um, it's always good when when you're able to see a player uh, who wasn't drafted come in. And I think it's always good for your program because, you know, we preach all the time about really evaluating once they get here uh, what we see. And, and, you know, how we acquire the player is the, is the process we're in right now. Once that ends, now it's truly evaluating them and trying to find the best fit. Uh, 
and uh, so I think e- both can equally be um, exciting. I think uh, probably a little bit more nerve wracking how your first round pick does, yeah. <laughs> right? There's more tension given to that player, and but I think our scouts uh, and and really all of our staff have done a really good job of finding players. Chris Ivory, Pierre Thomas. Um, we've got a number of guys that are undrafted players that are on our roster. And, and that helps when you get on the phone Saturday and you're talking to someone at a school that, that you know, is going to make a decision within a half an hour or an hour's time frame. You know, they can look at the history of your program and see that the, there have been a number of players that have made it. You've mentioned scouts and other staff members a couple of times in our visit. I don't think most folks realize what all goes into this and how giant of an effort it is for you to get to Thursday night and May 8th? Well, there, there are a lot of reports written. Um, you know, typically most teams in our league have area scouts. They, they, these scouts have a certain region, if you will, of schools. And then on top of that, you have scouts that cross-check or come into those schools where the players are graded at a certain grade, and they, they themselves do a cross-check. And then, obviously, your director – your head of personnel, Ryan Pace, um, the coaches. You know, with with a lot of these players, there's five, six, seven grades given, and then that process of reading the player, you know, reading the profile, uh, paying close attention to the film, and then the postseason work. Uh, there's a whole injury section with regards to the durability of a player. Um, obviously, we pay co- close attention to off-the-field issues, um, all of those go into what, the process. And, uh, and I, every team does the same. They may do it a little differently. But there are a lot of people, there are a lot of man hours uh, that are spent on the road, a lot of workouts, a lot of travel that all go into gathering as much information as you, as you can to make the best decisions possible. There's an obvious answer to the next question I'm going to ask you, but I hope you'll take us a little bit deeper. Go back to 06 real quick. I think it's number two pick overall, correct? I think it's Reggie Bush there. Um, ironically, Houston picked first in that draft. They're picking first this year. Now you're at 27, and now here the last couple of seasons, you're later in the first round. What does that say about your program? To go from 06 and number two to now we're consistently referring to you as a late-round first pick. Well, listen, I think that um, I think you want to be picking. I mean, the best spot to be picking is 32nd. We've picked there before. Uh, and I think that, you know, there, there are a number of reasons we, we've gotten to this spot. And, and typically uh, it starts with finding the right people and the right people here working uh, for the organization and also the right people this upcoming Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. You know, players that we bring in, I think there's an expectation level that our locker room holds for who we're going to select. And, and we, we always ask ourselves the question, you know, how's this player going to fit in our locker room? Uh, we put a, a, a lot of stock in that. And so there are some talented players that, that are off our board uh, that may or may not be on other people's boards. But, you know, it's, it's really trying to have a vision. It's us collectively working uh, – towards that same common goal that same common goal you know in the teamwork and putting the team first and, and I think we've been able to find those players and that's been uh, priority one is, is winning football games so hopefully you know we can continue picking you know late on the day sat or Thursday 
uh, late in the evening and, uh, you know, and still find good football players, which I, I think this year we'll be able to do. We've got a staff meeting in one minute, so a real quick answer to this one. Can you, because you talked about the excitement around the draft, can you draw me a comparison between a game day and what the draft is like? The game day's uh, much different. I think there's a lot of uh, excitement that ge- that's generated with the draft, but uh, it's 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 nothing like game day. Yeah, I figured you, I figured you'd answer like that, but start by wearing a coat and tie. There we go. It's much different. Go. So much different. Yeah, yeah. John, oh, that's a wrap, man. Yeah, Unless coach right. wants to tell us who they're picking at 27. Other than that. <laughs> Or who he likes in the NBA Finals? Maybe he probably. Yeah. Hadn't, he probably hadn't oh, seen I followed game. a little bit of this uh, NBA, but man, it's it's uh, kind of hard. Those game follow, sevens right? on the weekend were pretty exciting. Nice, nice. Yes, coach, appreciate it very much. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, guys. Head coach Sean Payton with us here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll wrap things up right after this. is all across Louisiana with cash jackpot starting at $250,000. That's a whole lot of cash. It's a whole lot of cash. And right now, it's a lot more fun. Lotto Lanyard. Buy a $5 single draw lotto ticket. Get a raffle entry to win up to $50,000. Lotto Lanyard. A lot more cash and a lot more fun. You must be at least 21 to purchase. Okay. You've just been told you have a serious heart issue. Congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center as the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is... I just saw your test results, and they look great. No problems. Leading Edge Care. Just one more reason to choose an Auctioner-affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. Great to have Head Coach Sean Payton with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Just think about it, John. We're what? Well, we're less than less than 36 hours, just about 24 hours by maybe the time some folks uh, receive this podcast today away from the start of the NFL draft. So earlier today, and I don't know why I didn't think of this earlier, but earlier today I, I tweeted um, – and I don't mean that in a vulgar way. Um, I used Twitter <laughs> to ask uh, Saints fans uh, who they'd like to see the black and gold take at number twenty-seven. You want to hazard a guess at what we what we heard? Well, I can, you know, yeah, I can hazard a guess. I'm I'm guessing most people would probably say some wide receiver of some sort. Mm-hmm, that was As, a big one. You know, yep. especially a certain guy um, up the road. So, because you know, once he said he wouldn't mind playing for the Saints, and he's a Newman kid and LSU, and so yeah, he'd be a natural. Well, along those lines, Eric Sonia here tweets uh, Odell Beckham Jr. exclamation point six times. That would be the guy. Yeah, that'd be the guy. Uh, going down the list here, a either a receiver, OBJ, Latimer Lee, or D Ford, which was another name that I saw a few times. Yeah. Uh, now, now, and 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 listen, folks, OBJ is a good pick, right? But he won't be there at twenty-seven. No, I don't think so either. 
Uh, Jason Verrett, cornerback, TCU. That's from Michael Mitchell on Twitter. Let's see. What else we got? I was looking for another one. Coney Early. What do you think about that? Coney Early? Uh, uh, Ely, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, Ely? He's a he's a cornerback. Okay. Uh, Brandon Cooks. Receiver. So in, in the 10,000 mock drafts we've seen, I've seen his name a few times associated with the Saints. Uh, Will Crow, Mr. Clinton Dix. That's hmm. the kid from Alabama, correct? Yeah. Yep. Ha-ha. Ha-ha. Uh, and again, a lot of these names are all the same. Marquise Lee, that's from L. Deister, the L. Deister on, uh, on Twitter. Yeah, so you Lee. get the idea, right? Yeah, Marquise Lee, who had a great, great Sophomore season or junior season? Anyway, this season he fell off because his of sophomore season. His junior season wasn't so great. Yeah, he had USC. a you know real quarterback situation right. at USC. So, but you know his sophomore season was fantastic. Mister Trusty uh, tweeting here, Devonte Adams. Uh, that's so you were right, John. You were pretty much right. C.J. Mosley's on this list here too. Hmm, Again, I don't think he's yeah he won't be there. And no. he's an inside backer anyway. I think the Saints probably are pretty satisfied with their guys there. So there you go. So that's kind of a look at what's going on with Twitter. And and by the way, great response, gang. You did a great job. We got 100, 200 replies on that, Diesel, and that was just in the last hour or so. So good stuff. We'll do some more stuff. We'll lob a few more things out there on Twitter. I'll do a better job of that here on the Black and Blue Report. They can follow you at? At John DeShazer. Okay, easy enough. Easy if you enough. Know how to spell yeah, well, that's true. I got to spell it. D-E-S-H-A-Z-I-E-R. You know, I had to do that like my whole entire adolescence. I'm sure you did. (laughs) And how many times was it butchered? (laughs) It's still being butchered, but I've been called a lot worse than what, you know, some people say when they call my name. Very good. (laughs) Uh, Your your thoughts are, I guess, your work from the Mickey Loomis press conference is online now? Uh, Yes, it is, I believe. Okay, at NewOrleansSaints.com. And again, we'll have all that stuff for you tomorrow night. I call it all that stuff. It'll be a very... It'll be more than all that stuff. It'll be good. Yeah, it'll be, be a good. lot of good stuff. Uh, Black and Blue Report in its form that you're hearing right now takes a break tomorrow for the special Black and Blue Report broadcast of the NFL Draft tomorrow night starting at, I think, Doug Tatum, 645 or 7-ish. Okay. And then uh, and our coverage will continue uh, in uh, different forms, of course, written audio, video on Friday as well and into Saturday as we'll wrap up NFL Draft 2014. Again, our thanks to head coach Sean Payton today, Daniel Salerson, our producer. John, nice work today. Appreciate it. Anytime. I will see you tomorrow. We will be here. Round one. Coming up at seven. That'll do it for us on this Wednesday from Studio B. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. Uh, Keep sending in the good ideas on Twitter and we'll see you tomorrow uh, night right here on NewOrleansSaints.com or don't forget on your mobile app as well. Good day. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report. SiriusXM subscribers now have a place to talk NBA 24-7. SiriusXM NBA Radio. To the lane, lays it up, he lays it up! With experts like Steve Kerr, Kenny Smith, Lionel Holland, Sam Mitchell, Jerry Stackhouse, and many more. Plus guest appearances by NBA players, coaches, and GMs. Get closer to this. LeBron to the rim with a two-hand jam. And this. Direct. Page and fires the Rainbow 18 foot jumper is a thing of beauty. By listening to SiriusXM NBA Radio. Channel 217. And the SiriusXM app. As one Entergy customer to another, 
I have a tip for you. Download the free Entergy app. If my power goes out, I check the app. The outage maps let me know what's happening and when to expect my lights back on. It also makes it easy to pay my bill and manage my account, all right from my smartphone. Download the app today or visit EntergyApp.com for more information. Giving me control in the palm of my hand? That's the power of people. Entergy 